0: Super Talk Mississippi media production.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000.
2: This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi.
0: It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour.
3: I'm going!
2: Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us, too. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And if you were watching the Food Network last night, Alex vs. America, you'll know that one of our uh Famous Chefs was on there giving it his best go and joining us today to tell us all about that experience is Chef Austin Summerall. He is known for his southern cooking there at White Pillars Restaurant in Biloxi. Congratulations, Chef!
1: Hey, thank you so much I really appreciate it, thank you for having me on
2: Absolutely, how cool is this You know, I finally get to talk about a Mississippian Not singing on national television And making right. big splashes Which, hey, congratulations to those two as well Uh Much deserved But I think it's cool that, once again You make it to the national stage To be able to show your gifts and talents As as a cook So for those who may have never heard of Alex versus America uh Chef, walk us through this How does this competition or food challenge sort
1: of uh, sort out? Sure. So uh, Alex, Warren Shelley, it's her show. Um, she is a, uh, a an Iron Chef and, uh, and a Food Network star. And uh, so she uh, she has people come on. She gets three chefs at a time and they compete in a specific style of cuisine. So we did Southern food. Uh, and that, they asked me to be a part of it. It's usually people from three different states. And then, so there's two rounds in the first round um, all of the competitors, all the challengers, get to choose the variables for the show, and then they uh, rank all of the dishes one through four, and it's all anonymous. So the judges don't know whose are whose dishes are whose, and um, so Alex doesn't get a leg up or anything like that. And then whoever went, one person goes home, and whoever wins that round gets to choose all of the variables for the next round. So. In my episodes I actually got third in the first round and almost went home. <laughs> it was, so it had some ups and down, And Alex won the first round, and so she got to choose all the all of the variables, which made it a little bit even harder in the second round. But somehow managed to pull it out and uh, get get the victory.
2: That's pretty cool. Okay, so what was the first round? What did you cook? I know it was Southern. And I also know it was you, Mississippi. There was a Tennessean, I think. And who was your right. third competitor?
1: Uh, there was a guy from North Carolina.
2: Okay, so we had North Carolina versus Tennessee versus Mississippi versus Alex. Right. And so, okay, so what did you cook in the first round?
1: So in the first round, our variables were um, – We had to choose whether or not we wanted to make our own cornbread or we wanted to use pre-made. So, of course, we chose to make our own. Um, And cornbread is something that I love to make. So, I was pretty excited about that. Um, And then the second uh, option was whether we wanted to do fine dining or picnic. Um, So, honestly, even though it's a Southern Comfort episode, I'm definitely more of a fine dining style chef. And uh, but our group wanted to do picnic, so we did picnic, and then uh, on the last one, you got to choose the amount of time. so we went with the forty five minutes, which was the most that we were absolutely you know, we that, had, why would uh, you we ever go for it. all that kind of stuff
2: well, why would you ever well, go for but, less time?
1: because Alex is also gonna get less time too, so it, there's true. some gameplay there um to try to trip her up, but it's honestly it's not possible. To trip her up because she does this day in and day out you know that's what she does for a living is she people in these shows and um she's very good at it she's good at the competition part which is something that not everybody kind of takes into account because the clock and the variables and all that kind of stuff and staying within a a certain type of cuisine that kind of thing it, it all makes it a little bit harder
2: well, I know uh, it, so. at least in the back of the house though there chef at your restaurant white pillars, and anyone who's worked in a restaurant knows it moves at a pretty fast pace, and you guys try to cook with intention but quickly to turn those over, but is it different when you've got a clock staring you for in the sure. face? yeah for
1: sure and and you have to come up with the idea for your dish on and the fly execute it all within that amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I didn't know we were going right. to be doing cornbread and I didn't know that it was going to be picnic style and I didn't know how much time we were going to have. So I didn't have a set idea of what I wanted to cook. So I went with the meat and three because that's something that I really love in the South and uh, that screams Southern to me. So I did fried chicken. I made collard greens. I did grits and I did fried okra. Um, and then of course, cornbread. Oh, and that was, that was another option we had to choose what type of okra we wanted to do we had to use okra we either had fresh okra chips or frozen of course we chose fresh um so you know making three different dishes plus a protein plus cornbread in 45 minutes it's a a lot (laughs) I, uh, i was really really hustling do you, um, you have it, a so secret you have to so your to cornbread, chef?
2: Do you have a secret to you, do you have a secret to your cornbread? I think all the southerners listening would love to know.
1: So uh, I think uh, you know there, there's two different schools of thought in cornbread, whether or not you put sugar in it or, or or you don't. A lot of people don't. I like to put a little bit of sugar in mine. I think it mellows the corn out a little bit. Um, but I also like to put fresh stuff in my cornbread. You know, cornbread's very heavy. Um, so I like, I put, uh, grilled peppers in there. I put fresh corn in there. Um, I put green onions in there, that kind of thing. So I like to incorporate a lot of, um, vegetables. I usually kind of char them before I, before I put them in there too. So that's kind of my go-to, uh, for my, for making cornbread.
2: When you um, when you presented your first, I guess, plate, which would have been your cornbread, your chicken, your greens, and then your grits, and you sort of presented that, you said it's anonymous. So are you guys like backstage, for those who may not have got to watch it, or are you sitting there watching yours go across so, the judges' plate?
1: Right. No, we don't get to see what the judges say at all. Um, so they were actually in a different room. We cooked in essentially like a kitchen stadium. Um and uh, we, we put our dishes out and then um, we we just left the room, and, including Alex. And then the judges came in after we were gone and tried everything. And uh, so they didn't know whose dish was whose. And then and then we still did, we didn't even know who the judges were uh, until the very end. So they they brought us back out to announce the order. Uh, you know who got first, second, third, um, and we still didn't know who the judges were, or we got a, a little bit of feedback from from the judges, um, but it was just relayed through the host. So we we were still all anonymous at that point.
2: So what did Alex cook that made her win the first round? Who beats fried chicken, greens, grits, and cornbread? Right. I, so
1: I, I think what my problem was is that I plated it too, too fancy. That's why she was calling me fancy pants on the show, um, was that I just couldn't, I think one of the quotes that was on there was that I just couldn't bear to plate my food on a napkin, which is what everybody else did. (laughs) Uh, So – I had a pretty plate, and it was too, it was too much for everybody else. Is it hard for um, you, Chef?
2: Though, is it hard for you to sort is, of?
1: It is <laughs> It is, for sure. Well, it's just my, you know, even even when I'm making comfort food, I still think it can look pretty. Uh, that's just that's just who that's just who I am. So I can't help it.
0: That's um,
1: I'm trying to remember what she cooked on the first uh, on the first round. I can't. I think she did. She did a biscuit on the second round. Oh, she did like a. She did fried shrimp and maybe. I think she did fried okra. And uh, so she did kind of like it look like almost like a. Look like an actual picnic, which I think would. Probably the right move. <laughs> well
2: the looks, yeah, I get that, but there's not a lot of folks that are taking fried shrimp on a picnic, I don't think. At right, least not true. here in the south. That's so you would have gotten at least and you know, they make nice little chinaware you can take with you these days. So I wouldn't have deemed you on that at that's all. Right.
1: That's what I was saying. If if I had been going through the the line of food and making my plate, I would have made it pretty.
2: Now I'm feeling a little insecure About how I make my plates at night I'm thinking, oh, chef would just really not approve Of some of the ways I slap my mac and cheese um, On a plate for my kids But no, you did make it into that second round um, By the skin of your teeth And then that's when you obviously shined But she had the upper hand Because Alex, the the host Or I guess the um, face of the show What variables did she choose To try to throw you guys off Your uh, game?
1: Well, the first choice was um, on the farm or on the coast, and so she literally looked straight at me and said, "Well, you're the king of seafood, and your restaurant is on the coast, so I'm not choosing that one." <laughs> and, uh, so it was it was pretty funny. I uh, I told, and I was I was laughing. I said, "Yeah, I do a lot of seafood, and uh, and I cook a lot of uh, coastal cuisine for sure, but also grew up on a farm." So I feel like I can, uh, can jive with that, too. And
2: you did. Uh, and we're going to hear about that and more, Chef um, Alston, coming up next. Hey,
3: hey, hey. My tongue gets tired when I try to speak. My insides shake like a leaf on a tree. There's only one cue for this body of mine. That's to have that girl and I love so fine. She touch my head and what the chill I got. Her lips are like a volcano that's hot. I'm proud to say this she's my buttercup. I'm in love. I'm all shook up. Yeah, yeah yeah. Ooh. Ooh. yeah, yeah. I'm all shook up.
0: Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: watch good things we are on your computer your mobile device just head on over to supertalktv.com and last night you may have caught chef Olson summerall of the Luxe. he's the founder of white pillars restaurant there he was on food network and he took home the championship there on alex versus america and so chef you were sharing about the first round you moved into the second round by the skin of your teeth and the first variable obviously she chose was the farm versus the sea which you still have great uh experience with that what were the other two
1: so it was um to to uh do brunch or dinner and then uh so she chose brunch which uh, i i love brunch but that's uh, i probably got like picnic rather, for you yeah i'd rather have done dinner um but uh but i still felt pretty comfortable with that and then the amount of time i think we had a little bit less i think it was 35 minutes instead of 45 on the on the last one um, but uh yeah it was uh it was pretty crazy uh and and um oh and there was uh drinks too there was southern cocktails she had to choose one it was a sazerac um, mint julep milk punch uh maybe something else but she chose the mint julep which that's kind of tough like those are going to be hard to incorporate into a uh into a meal, but, uh, so I added it in my sauce and then I used the mint, uh, in a kind of herb, uh, gremolata on top to kind of tie it all together. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was really crazy uh, to, to go through it and all that kind of stuff. You know, it was, you could tell it was hard for her too. Um, it's, it's not easy to come up with an idea and execute it in that short of an amount of time.
2: No matter, probably how many times you you do it, and then too, I mean, hearing your name called, she got the chance the first round, and then you got the chance the second round. What was that like as they started going down? I'm sure they start. Do they start from the bottom up, just sort of they sharing? They do. So
1: yeah. they they told us who the bottom two were first, and honestly, I thought the first round went really well. I did think that my plating was um, possibly going to be an issue. But I thought that the the food was gonna carry me through because I thought everything tasted really good the first round. And um they didn't love my grits, which is crazy I I feel like I make really good grits, but they said they were under seasoned. Um we'll see about that. But uh so um I uh I was surprised. To be on the bottom, it was, uh, kind of took my breath away. And then thank goodness I just didn't, didn't go home at that point. But, um, I made grits again in the second round because I feel like it was brunch and you could not make grits. So I made sure they were perfect and, uh, and I think it paid off. They were all calling me crazy, though, for making them a second time.
2: That's okay. That's, but you know what? That's that little bit of southern sass where it's like, oh, bless right. your heart. you going to like my grits. you going to like them. Yeah. Let me show you. No way.
1: No way. <laughs> we'll try this again.
2: We're going to try this again. And it worked. So I know you filmed this back in October, so you've been sitting on this good news for a really long time. So what's and it feel like to now to get to officially celebrate, Chef?
1: It was really tough to wait. To tell everybody um it uh it was hard hard to keep that in and uh it it was uh it was a huge huge relief and and really fun and we had a, a big group of our friends and family uh up at the restaurant last night um to watch it live and i cooked a bunch of food that we had or that i had made on the show and uh so everybody got to taste a little bit of it while we were watching it and we of course had the craft cocktails going and all that kind of stuff too and uh I, i'll be honest you, i wasn't expecting this but i was very nervous uh like i didn't already know what was going to happen even though i did but i don't know you just don't know how you're going to look on tv you. Know, <laughs> to you yeah. Uh and uh but it, i thought it was good you know it was an opportunity the reason i wanted to do it was it was an opportunity to to really go be a champion for Mississippi to um Absolutely. say, hey, you know, we we're we're doing cool stuff here too. Um and really to show that on a national stage. And I knew that it was uh that we would be able to hold our own there. And you uh, and you, you
2: definitely did. did. You came home the champion, but also shined a great light on what you guys are doing there at White Pillars. So you and your wife own that restaurant there in Biloxi. Give us a little little the deets on that. Where are you located? I'm guessing sure. it's not so, picnic style. And our group's no, on the menu. No, it's
1: not. It's not. It's a uh, so we we do have a um our restaurant is on the on the beach right on ninety in Biloxi, um right across from Sharkhead. If anybody's familiar with the coast, um so we do dinner. Uh, Wednesday through Saturday, and then we do brunch on Sundays. Um, And we—it's upscale food, but in a comfortable setting. It's a really beautiful building. It's a uh, a restored uh, mansion. It was a home built in 1905, and uh, so you've got this beautiful setting, and of course, beautiful views, um, and great food, high end food, but in a comfortable setting. We always say it's—it's not food church um it's uh it's meant to be enjoyed and it's meant to be a good time and a, uh, an event um when you're eating there so we do farm to table local seasonal cuisine and i would change our menu every day uh depending on what cool vegetables and fish and uh things we get from our local farmers and purveyors and, uh, um, it's just really cool. We, we, we use it to really try to, you know, put Mississippi first. We have a, a local potter. Our tables are all made in Mississippi. Our artists that we feature in the restaurant are all from Mississippi. Um, our oysters are coming right out of the Mississippi Sound, uh, you know, just across the street. And, uh, it's a, it's a really cool thing. It's It's something that I'm very, very proud of.
2: Do you guys take reservations if folks want to work you in on their, um, visit to the Mississippi Gulf Coast this summer?
1: We do. We do. Absolutely. We, uh, we're on Open Table. Um, obviously we, you can, our website's BiloxiWhitePillars.com. Um, or you can call, or you can just go on Open Table and search White Pillars. Um, and it'll come up. And, um, we don't require reservations, but they definitely are a, a plus. And, uh, especially on the weekends, it gets very busy. And uh, I think that after this, it may be, even busier uh, so it might, might be good to get those reservations in advance um, but we would love to have everybody we you know we uh we meet so many great people through the restaurant and uh it's just such an awesome way to you know be a part of the community and give back to the community and um we just want we just want to be something that mississippi can be proud of
2: so are the grits on the menu
1: oh yes they're all over the menu we have them on the dinner menu and the brunch menu. That was a joke that I made on the show last night was that uh, I-, I could not do grits because almost every dish we do at brunch has grits on it because you can't do brunch in the South and not have grits.
2: Amen. I agree with that. And you're keeping one more secret up your sleeve, which I know you can't talk to talk about, but you obviously did so well. They invited you back to be on chopped. Can you at least tell us well, when so that airs?
1: Actually I did chopped first. Oh. Um, and, uh, and Alex was one of my uh, judges. So I, I, I don't know if she was like, Hey, get this guy on my show or not. I'd like to think that. Um, uh, but, uh, so I did that first, but yes, we're, uh, they're telling us it's going to be uh, this summer when it comes out. Um, and when we have an exact date, we'll we'll put it on our uh, – So our
2: which was harder, this one there, or Chopped? Know. Which was harder in terms of competition? You I know you can't uh, give me spillers. To well, spoilers.
1: so Chopped, the one that I did, which I hope I'm okay to say this, but I should be fine, uh, was a uh, like an uh, all-star tournament. Um, so it was very good chefs. But we didn't have to go up against Alex Warren Shelley, so I I don't know. They're they're both a little different. Um, They're both both were really hard. Um, But I I would say that beating the Iron Chef is uh, you can't really top that.
2: I totally agree with that. Uh chef, congratulations. And and all your success but also for all that you and your wife do being intentional with putting Mississippi first there at your restaurant White Pillars in Biloxi. Do you guys have you said you're an open table but do you have Facebook and sort of all of that if folks want to follow oh, yeah, along and- Sure.
1: So yeah, we're on uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook both uh, both, are, um, uh, both of them are under White Pillars. Um yeah, so you can give us a like or a follow and i i post a lot of our new dishes as they come out and when we get cool cool new seasonal ingredients and things like that um would we'll go on our social so it's a, a good way to keep up with what's going on at the restaurant if you're a if you're a big heirloom tomato fan we're about two weeks out from that season um starting off so that's that's a big one at our restaurant people get excited about it so um that's coming up soon. I
2: just planted my first tomato plants at the new place, Chef. Uh, this over the nice. weekend, so mine are Beef Master is, what
1: the, <laughs> nice. is nice. the name of them. That.
2: But you'll probably do a whole lot better, fancier things than I will. Mine's just gonna be a little mayo, <laughs> BLT, some white bread, and call it sort of yeah, call it a day. Wrong with that.
1: No, nothing but wrong with looks that. like
2: we'll have you back sometime this summer. So we look forward to watching you on Chopped uh, again. Making our reservations at White Pillars over the over the summer there in Biloxi, and yeah, congratulations and best wishes to you your family you
1: so all right we really appreciate it thank you so much for having me on the
2: show i'm with jeff in oxford we got our stomachs growling now with all that good talk in southern uh, cuisine we know we got a lot of chefs in mississippi that make us proud um, but stick with us we got more for you coming up next Watch Good Things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices. You can even find us on YouTube. You can also watch Good Things live on Seaspire TV. If you've got that, it's on channel 70 right next to the Weather Channel. And don't forget to, you can catch Good Things in podcast form wherever you listen to podcasts. Now we're turning our attention to a great program that's happening at the Meridian Lauderdale County Public Library or within its system. Joining us today to tell us a little bit more is Liz Jolly. She is the program coordinator. Hey, Liz. Hey, how are y'all? We are doing well, and I am so excited to hear about this program. And it's the taking the library. And my the way I see it is you're expanding the library's opportunity by taking books outside of the library and putting them in more uh, community places so that people in the community can sort of reach them. So set the stage with us. How did you guys end up helping a laundromat host library books?
4: Okay, so... The Mississippi Library Commission in Jackson, they sent us an email application saying, hey, we have this um, grant that you can apply for for a laundromat to receive these wash, dry, read material kits, and it's to set up a reading corner inside laundromats within Mississippi, and I said, okay, do, you know, I asked my director, I was like, hey, do, you, do we want to do this, or she asked me, and I was like, yeah, I think this would be a great opportunity, so I had to do some research because in order to be eligible for the grant, we had to have a prearranged partnership with a laundromat. So I tried calling a few, um, local, uh, laundromats and I was like, either I got a busy signal, nobody answered, or maybe they didn't have the space. And a friend of mine said, hey, why don't you try the My Family laundromat, um, on 19th Street? And I said, okay. So I called Gregory Tail and, um, he said, yeah, he'd love to. He loves giving back to the community. So there was that. And then I had to fill out the, <laughs> the application part, and that it consisted of, you know, ask you some questions like, why does your community need this? And describe a successful wash Draw, Read program, and describe your publicity plans. So I filled out that information in and- Burske. Information on the application and I submitted it to the Mississippi Library Commission we get an email back saying hey you've been approved congratulations you've got the grant and from there we picked up the materials in Jackson come back to Meridian I put our stamp on everything like we were supposed to and um, I believe that was mid-February that we were able to pick up the kits and Come the end of February, we were able to, um Gregory Till and I met up at his, my family laundromat and set up that material. And... <laughs> the rest um, is history, huh? The rest is history, yes. <laughs> well, this opens the
2: door in opportunities. When you think about it, I mean, liter- literacy is so important. And then yeah. giving kids any and ample opportunity to read is also important. And you start to think about, well, where are people spending sort of idle time, right? Like, where are they having to go? And so did you learn a lot within your community there, Liz, about how many families maybe hang out at the laundromat for, I guess, at least, what, 45 minutes to an hour or more at a time?
4: on? In any given day? That's actually one statistic I did. I was not able to look up. Like, like I, I trust me, I looked up how many families use laundry mats, and it just didn't give me like a direct answer. And I may not have been looking in the right place. But um, I did find out, you know, what the reading—you would think working at a library, I would know this—what the um, the percentage of reading is in Meridian. Um, I found out that only 26% of the elementary students in Meridian tested at or above the proficient level for reading, and only 17 of um, middle school students tested at or above the proficient level for reading in Meridian. So I was like, hey, this is this is something our community needs.
2: And it's um, something that it's easy. Like you think about it, like after I saw the story, Liz, I was like, this makes perfect sense. Like, you know, you have like the little libraries that have popped up all over and communities and neighborhoods and giving kids the opportunity to check out a free book, you know, in sort of that way. But putting them like in doctor's offices and other places, but they're at the laundromat. I mean, if mom or dad or auntie or grandma has to come and do, you know, two hours worth of laundry, then, you know, have something for them to do.
4: Exactly, because, you know, growing up, we didn't have this, you know, they may have had the, the little games that you could play with, but that requires quarters and stuff. <laughs> um, and now that we have this reading corner, kids, you know, it encourages them to pick up that book and say, hey, I'm going to read this. It also encourages parents and grown ups to read with their kids as well.
2: Well, there's nothing else to do while the towels are tumbling dry. Let me tell you that, list. <laughs> it's better to go down, uh, you know, a, a book or a fairy tale or something like that than sit there and watch the four walls. How has, has Gregory mentioned how the community has responded to the little library there in the, in the wash dry, uh, oh, read program? Oh. <laughs>
4: um he has sent some pictures within like the first week kids were picking up books and he would send me pictures of them and i'm like these are wonderful so as far as i know we've gotten some pretty good feedback from um having set it up in his facility so if people are listening to good things liz all across the state
2: and they think this is a great program they would want in their community should they reach out to their local library or is it something they could reach out to uh the library commission for or how could they replicate this
4: um if they can't find anything, well first I would start with your local library and then your local, excuse me, your local library can reach out to the Mississippi Library Commission. I know Shelly Ziegler, excuse me, Shelly Ziegler is a library consultant that she's our direct contact for the Wash Dry Read program. So I would definitely reach out to her if the, um the local library <laughs> needs somebody to set that up for, for them. <laughs> And then, too, Liz, we're coming into the
2: summer, and I feel like sometimes our local libraries are completely overlooked as things to do with our kids if we're staying home with them or if grandparents have their grandkids for a period of time. As as the program coordinator, and I know several others throughout the state, y'all work hard at coming up with creative and fun things to do throughout the year there at the library. Remind us what a resource of fun activities you guys are for the community.
4: Yes. We... Look, we have summer reading, some, excuse me, our summer reading program coming up. Um, registration begins May 15th through June 2nd. The program dates start June 5th through July 28th. Um, this is not just for kids. This is also for grownups and for teens as well, um, teens, adults, uh, elementary and middle school. So, um, I know at our library we have a whole list of things going on. We have movie Mondays, toddler Tuesdays. Um, we have an escape rooms each month, uh, K through fifth, sixth through twelfth grade programs. We have our summer reading kickoff that starts June second. so that's it's going to be like a tap a truck, and food vendors will have a food truck day. We have all kinds of things going on, a book signing expo. We're hoping to get that information put up on our website as well and Facebook.
2: I just, again, every local library just goes above and beyond with their, um, things that they have to do, their events, and then just the smaller things throughout the day if you want to get out of the heat or just switch things up. And then two, Liz, remind us the little, ac- I think it's the little acorn card, and I maybe, I know it's what it's called or something of that nature here where kids can get their first library card. I think this is a big deal and every kid should have a library card. So how does, how does that work?
4: So if you can get a library card when you're age five here at the Meridian Lauderdale County public library, so mom or dad or your grown-up guardian can come in, um, bring their ID. You can also do this online, bring your ID or scan your ID to our website. There's a application on our website, if I'm not mistaken. Um, You would need your ID and, I believe, one proof of residency. And uh, for the child, possibly have like a birth certificate or Social Security card so that way we know, hey, that's you. And we'll take a photo to go with your library card. Don't worry, nobody will ever see it but us. Um, That's in case your card's stolen or lost and we're able to say, hey, that's not you using that library card. (laughs) Um, But, yes, and it it costs – it's free for um, residents and uh, local residents – As far as I know, yes, and... If not, it's a very small fee, but I think it's free. And you have
2: grace upon grace upon grace for returning books um, with the little acorn card, for sure, because sometimes kids do forget. Uh, we had one that was, like, three years old there, little. Oh, wow. and she was she thought she was going to get arrested when I sent her back in to return it because we had moved and it was whole pandemic and everything, and they were very kind to her and just thanked her for, for giving it back. But you should do it in a responsible and timely manner. But even if you don't, y'all still want them back.
4: <laughs> yes, now I know that our library, we do offer a three-day grace period because we do understand that you're going to be late. Um, We're hoping to maybe work out like a a fine for your... something like that, like you turn in your books. If you say they're late or a year late or so.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. It was very kind. They were very kind to her uh, for that. But I think every kid should have their uh, library card. I think it just teaches responsibility, and it's a lot of fun um, as well. And if they want to go and see what all is going on there at your library, Liz,
4: uh, or learn more about the Wash, uh, Dry, Read program, where do they go? Okay. For the Wash, Dry, Read program, I would definitely, if you don't want to reach out to me or the local library, um, you can definitely reach out to Shelley Ziegler. She is with the Mississippi Library Commission. And for more information about our programs, you can reach us on Facebook at Meridian Lauderdale County Public Library, or you can um, follow us, excuse me, or you can check out our website, which is meridianlauderdalecounty.com. All righty, Liz, I appreciate
2: your time. Good luck this summer with all the kiddos and stuff coming through. And yeah, thank you.
4: Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for having us.
2: All righty, you guys stick with us. We got more for you coming up next. It
4: like...
0: beat positive and stories that make you smile this is good things with rebecca turner on supertalk mississippi the supertalk app and at supertalk.fm
3: the baby you hardly even know when i try to show you song
2: is meant to keep you doing what you're supposed to way don't forget you can listen to good things. We are streaming live or over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And of course, you can always find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can also join Middays with are giver coming up Friday at Ittawama Community College in Fulton for the 2023 spring graduation. It's graduation season, y'all. They made it. Your babies did it. You'll hear about all the great things going on at ICC. So that's Middays Live at Ittawama Community College coming up this Friday. And don't forget, too, our Super Talk Mississippi news team is covering your Mississippi stories. So stay up to date. Sign up for our free weekly newsletter over at supertalk.fm slash newsletter. Did you have a library card growing up, Rhino? I did. Is it not the coolest thing ever? I really highly recommend if your kids or grandkids do not have their own little library card to do it like it's such a sense of satisfaction for them and then hopefully it encourages them obviously to go read and if you really are looking for 30 minutes to an hour or more to kill with your kids during the summer when it's hot and all things your your local libraries are a wealth of fun activities for them to do and They're usually
3: a wealth of information that you're only going to find there mm-hmm. or from the mouths of grandparents in a rocking chair on a front porch
2: Totally agree. Because
3: they're the only place you're going to find the history of where you are.
2: True. I didn't think of it that way. But to kids, you're like, I can pick anything I want, and I get to take it out of here. Now, you do have to have the responsibility of bringing it back. And I may be overstepping for every county, but I know in Rankin, they did not charge my daughter a fine For being three years late because that is part of the little acorn thing. You do have to – you bring the book back, but it's to encourage – to not discourage – by saying that there's a fine if you forget for parents uh, specifically. But I do not recommend that. I do recommend you taking back your library books (laughs) in a much more uh, timely manner uh, than that. But another thing that's cool that I'm learning as parenting is allowing your kids to save up money for something that they want that's unnecessary. And if you follow me at all on social media, you know that my daughter saved up for a pair of Overpriced sneakers, which many of you probably have on your feet, so I won't give them free advertising. <laughs> and she did; she spent, she saved up her money for a quite some time. We even she tried to bribe us with good grades or whatever. Nope. Like if you want, we make sure you have shoes on your feet. But I think it's. Um, Insane to spend that kind of cash on a 10 year old's uh, shoes when they're continuing uh, to grow. Y'all, she was so proud of them. She wouldn't even wear them because it had been raining and like going ahead and sort of taking care of them. Do you remember the first thing you saved up your cash for to buy that like your parents were like, this is completely unnecessary, but you know what? It's your money. This is how you learn, you know, how to spend it, how to save it.
3: I'm trying to think of the first thing I saved up to buy. I remember being envious of my little brother saving up his money. He, he got a job as a busboy and saved up and bought a PlayStation.
2: Oh, he saved up and, big then. And
3: I was not allowed to play it without his express permission.
2: Because he bought it. Because exactly. it was his. Yeah, I mean, there, there comes... You know, uh, perks to being the one that footed the bill. That goes both ways. If your parents footed the bill, they kind of have ownership over it versus if you if you footed the bill. I don't remember what my very first thing was, but I, I do. feel like
3: it was a CD. Like, yeah. I saved up a dollar or two a week until I got to the $20, $22 it took to buy a CD, and that was the first thing I saved up for.
2: So my first – well, I just remember in this sort of vein, as I did, I saved up for a pair of Dot Martins back when Timberlands and Dot Martins were, were all the rage, which was completely unnecessary at the time, which is so funny because we were going down memory lane with her because, you know, she's 10. And so, of course, she bought unnecessary sneakers. I'm over here buying – you know, hard <laughs> boots, <laughs> and I showed her a picture of them. She was like, Mom, you would wear that? I was like, yes, with my Ginkgo my Ginko, uh, jeans and my flannel and all the other things of the late 90s. But. It just
3: kills me how kids nowadays are really into Crocs.
2: They really are, yes.
3: That makes zero sense to me because it was our generation that we're still young enough to come into the trend of Crocs and then realize these are awful.
2: But people will swear by them. Now, what I will swear by, and I won't break down, I will not buy an off-brand because I wore the on-brand of my Birkenstocks until like, and I knew I could have had them repaired, but I got 15,000 miles out of those shoes for years and years until they fell apart. And they were the most comfortable, trendy shoe ever. And I won't buy another pair because I'm cheap now and don't want to spend the money. But two, it takes so long to break them in. And so I miss my 10-year-old Birkenstocks that fit me like a glove, but that I had to part ways with because it was becoming a health hazard. <laughs> I think I bought those myself, too. Maybe that's why I wore them for 10 years. <laughs> all right, stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. you got the boys with sports talk from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things.
3: Good things for you. Good things for you, man. Yeah, good things for you.